you are listening to a new episode of Beyond the Curtain Podcast, presented by the Outlaw Wrestling Network. Gentlemen, ladies, and gentlemen, yeah, buddy, we're about to have a lot of fun on this new episode of Beyond the Curtain. We're going to be talking about the review of this past Wednesday's Dynamite from February 26th, as well as preview and predict AEW Revolution, which as of this recording is tomorrow night, Saturday night, February the 29th. If you're in the States, you can watch it on BR Live. Um, I'm not sure if you can watch it on pay-per-view everywhere else or Fight TV. Anyways, guys, you got to watch it because... Of what we saw yesterday, Thursday, on another show. And I'll get into that in a second. However, I've got to introduce my guest for this week, as he usually is for these reviews, as well as these predictions and previews. We're talking about the host of the Taking the Bump podcast. I call him Jimmy Jam, but his name is James Beatley. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing good, friend. It's great to talk wrestling and, you know, talk about good shit instead of, well, we'll get into that later. Matter of fact, we're getting into that now. And warning, here is a big, big, big warning in advance. Uh, this this episode, it might be a lot of expletive-filled content, rated R, if you want to call it that. So from this point forward, I'm no longer going to be... Well, after actually, let me make the announcement real quick that today's episode of Beyond the Curtain is going to be sponsored by Pro Wrestling Tees, where, ladies and gentlemen, as of today, we've got a merch madness, my horrible macho man, Randy Savage impersonation, the merch madness sale going on at ProWrestlingTees.com, 20% off anything. Using the code MADNESS. And that's going on today. It actually started on the 27th yesterday as of this recording. And it's going all the way through March the 2nd. March the 2nd, which I believe is Monday. So you got from now until Monday, noon central time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 p. or excuse me, 10 a.m. Pacific, noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern. From now until Monday, March the 2nd, 20% off merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com. Using the code MADNESS. AEW's got their official merchandise on there, as well as New Japan Pro Wrestling, a bunch of indie wrestlers, a bunch of legends. And actually, both James and I, we've got merchandise on ProWrestlingTees.com. All you got to do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com. In the search bar, you can type in Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. We've got two shirts up there. One that's $19.99, the other one is $26.99. Either way, guys, if you buy one and if you want to donate to charity, we know we've always got this going on, 15% or 20%. Actually, I'm going to bump it up. 20% of what you buy will go to charity of your choosing. Provide your proof of purchase and the name of the charity you would like for me to send it to. Uh, James, I believe yours is just Tank of the Bump podcast, right? It is. Uh, you go to the search bar. You can do Take in the Bump podcast. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if I put wrestling podcast. Anyway, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash T the B podcast will get you there quicker. Um, but yeah, same thing. 20% to charity. Proof of purchase. Hey, uh, whoever the hell wants to freaking be my first freaking merch sale, 
That would be fucking great. That'd be great as well. I've only got two people that have bought my stuff, so I need more people, guys. Tax season. Tax season is here. You're getting those refunds, my friends. So if you got kids, you know you're getting those refunds. If you don't have kids or they've already moved out or you don't claim them, I'm sorry. Or unless you go to school. <laughs> but if... If you've got a decent return coming in, pay off those credit cards. But if you got leftovers, switch it on over to your checking account. I'm speaking from experience because I've done this myself. Just switch it on over to your checking account and then just buy one T-shirt. For the love of God, buy one T-shirt. And I'm not even reaping the, all the benefits here. I'm sending 20% of what you buy of that T-shirt to a charity of your choosing. So I'm not even reaping all the benefits of this, guys. Anyways. Whatever T-shirt you want to buy, hopefully it's ours. But any of the others, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com, use a code MADNESS to get 20% off any one of those T-shirts. Please buy ours. Anyways, now from here on out, I'm no longer going to be taking the, or excuse me, beyond the curtain host, Cody. Switch my name since we're going to a R-rated show. An expletive-filled show, mainly because of what we're about to talk about. My name is going to be Triple D. Diamond Donovan Douglas. So, as the host of now, this show, Diamond Donovan Douglas. Real quick, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> Diamond Donovan Douglas, my friend, came up with it all by myself. Ah, all right. All righty. Or if I didn't, the first person that proves me wrong, you will get a free t-shirt from my podcast. So... If, if you feel that's not a off-the-top-of-the-head name, and you've heard it before, and you can prove me where, I'll give you a t-shirt for free off of ProWrestlingTees.com from Beyond the Curtains store. Anyways, Diamond Donovan Douglas here reporting for duty on the expletive-filled Beyond the Curtain show. I'm only taking over for a little bit because, well, I just have to get this off my chest. I've typed it out in plenty of Comments on Facebook and tweets and comments on Twitter. The bullshit that we saw yesterday, Thursday, February 27th, at Sweet Saudi Bloody Money Super Showdown. Guys, I know we don't talk about WWE a whole lot here, and I'm going to try not to after this. Damn it, I gotta get this out. So, I have only watched one Raw in the past five months. And it was the Raw after the Rumble because Edge was going to be on there. It was a halfway decent show. I have not watched SmackDown since they've gone to Fox. Not at a protest because I do shit on Friday nights and I don't have the time to do it. And I really don't want to watch SmackDown anyways because of the dog food crap I've been getting on that show. Yeah. So we fast to yesterday, and and we get these old bitches, these part timing, no wrestling loving hoes, mm-hmm. stealing money, stealing spotlight, stealing time, mm-hmm. pissing me off. But I was able to get through the whole show. I actually fell asleep. Through the Bailey match and the, the Raw tag team title match and most of the cage match because I didn't give a damn and I didn't give a shit who won. I missed basically the Ricochet Lesnar squash because I was doing laundry 
And when I saw the video package, I was like, all right, let me go throw the loading laundry real quick and I'll come back upstairs. And by the time I got upstairs, the match was already over. <laughs> so then I fell asleep or whenever the hell this was. And then I woke up and we got to the Fiend and Goldberg. And I'm like, all right, listen, it's Mania season. They're not going to fuck this up again. They've already done it before. They've done it too many damn times. They stole Jericho and Owens at 33 that we went to for the main event for the Universal title because of that old bitch. And then John Cena won his 16th title, the Royal Rumble of 17, and then lost it the next month to Bray Wyatt, which was okay. But it's stupid because you're on the road to WrestleMania. You're supposed to figure this shit out. So anyways, I'm sitting there. The Fiend is taking the longest fucking entrance in the world, about as long as Undertaker. But I'm like, there's no way, there's no way in God's green earth that we're going to have Goldberg win this title and go to main event WrestleMania. There's no way. There's no way. Oh, there's a way. Ring the bell, ding-a-ding-a-ding. Spear one. Oh, shit. He kicks out of one. Aha. Yeah, that's right. And he sits up and he gets a mandible claw on. And I'm like, all right, it'd be great if, he, if the match was ended here. But of course, he didn't have to. It's like, damn it. And Goldberg has three straight spears in a row. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This ain't happening. The Fiend kicks out at one and a half or two. I'm like, oh, here we go. He puts a mandible claw on again. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. It's going to happen. We're going to get through this and it's going to be all good. I'm going to give Mania a chance. Goldberg gets out again. And I don't know if he did another spear. Because I haven't gone back and watched it. I'm never going to watch that again. But nonetheless, and he puts this fiend into the jackhammer position. And at first, I'm like, okay, it seems like you're struggling for a second. Why are you taking so much time? Maybe it's effect of the, the minimal claw, whatever. No, it's because Oldberg couldn't get the fucking guy up. And when he did, it was a suplex. It wasn't even a jackhammer. It was the most horrible attempt at a jackhammer I've ever seen. Probably worse than the Undertaker one. And the only reason why I would say that is because, well, Goldberg freaking concussed himself by slamming his dumbass head against a dumbass door. But nonetheless, it was still stupid and horrible. I'm like, all right, they no way either you're going to redo that or whatever, but there's no way. And then the ref hit three. Do you remember where you were, wrestling fans, from WrestleMania 30 when the ref hit the three count for Lesnar Taker? I know I, I know I remember that. I, I know where I, where I was yesterday. I was on my couch watching this shit. And as soon as that freaking ref hit the three count and the bell rang, I said, fuck this company. Turn off the television. Through my remote. I couldn't believe they did it again. Why? 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 That's, that's all. That's literally the only word I come up with is why. Why do you hate us, Vince McMahon? Why do you hate wrestling? If you think Goldberg and Reigns is your money-making event, let me tell you something, Vinnie Mac. You're going to lose more money on that main event than you did in the first edition of the XFL. Shit ain't going to work. If you wanted to give us Goldberg, you should have fucking given us him versus Riddle. There's heat there. It would have been interesting. 
I wouldn't mind watching that. You either give me Cena versus Fiend for the Universal title, I would have gotten behind that story. But no. No. We're not gonna if we do get that, I don't give a shit anymore. Or give me Fiend versus Reigns. I would have been okay with that. But no! You gotta fuck it up. So fuck you and your fucking company, Vince. Oh, you old decrepit ass. <laughs> God. Just die. No, don't do that. That's mean. <sighs> why? Fucking why? Listen, Mania 36 hasn't even sold out yet. It's not doing as great as we thought it was. Mania Week is not doing as great as it has been. Takeover is not even sold out. The SmackDown leading into WrestleMania is not sold out. The Raw after Mania is not sold out. They're at their all-time low for demand. Do you see why? Because you're this bullshit, bro. I don't get it. I don't get it. I get all these chances, and they fuck it up again. WWE has pissed this dude off so bad he's turning into a heel Vince Russo. Vic Venom, fuck you too. <laughs> I actually agree with Vince Russo on one thing, but we're saving that for a debate. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if I can say one thing, uh, thank God I was at work. I didn't have to watch that shit. Um, and for any WWE fan, like supporter, and who ragged on AEW for giving Chris Jericho the title because he's too old. Can we can 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 we use the same logic against Jaw this time? There's there's no point. Like, at least Jericho is not. He's putting on good matches, not great, not match of the night, but good, memorable. He's not a transitional title. Holder, like Goldberg's going to be, because you know he ain't getting out of WrestleMania without with the title. We all, everybody knows that. It's it's just, uh, I don't know. It's dumb. I I. Uh. Here's my thing. Fifty whatever year old taker. I don't give a damn about it anymore. I don't give a shit. Let him retire. It it means nothing to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Fifty whatever year old Goldberg as champion. I don't want to ever see that again. I don't mm-hmm. want it. I don't even really care about seeing him in the ring anymore after that shit show with The Undertaker. I just go home. I don't want to see you. Lesnar, I don't give a shit about you. Yeah, I guess you, you draw a little bit. Whatever. You are somewhat of attraction because at least you either somewhat sell or you at least somewhat make it a decent effort when you're there. But why? Why all these fucking part-time old-ass people that come back and do shitty? Jericho's a 50-year-old world champion. Yeah, I get it. He's not exactly a spring chicken anymore. But listen, he's believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got his posse with him, but it's believable. Jericho puts the effort in. He's there every week. He may not be wrestling, but he's there every week. Right. And see, Jericho's the mob leader. He don't have to. He's behind the scenes a lot of the times. His guys yeah, his, his, his cronies do the work for him. Exactly. You know what the fucking crazy thing is? Is you got more 50-year-olds in WWE and they're bullshit. And you got two 50-plus-year-old guys in Dustin Rhodes and Chris Jericho. And they're more over. They're believable. They put on good matches. One's in the best shape of his life. Jericho's probably not in the best shape of his life. But he's not that bad. 
and yet they're more believable, and I'm okay seeing them on AEW. Right. Why is that the case? And in WWE, we got that shit. Well, it seems like WWE, and again, outsider's perspective, I haven't watched WWE, and outside of a pay-per-view in months, I don't care to- about it. I don't, I, it's not like in my list of, on my schedule, because I'm, I'm a busy guy. I got school. I got work. I got all this stuff I'm doing. The only day that I have marked off that I, I'm not doing anything anything Wednesday night to watch AEW any other night. If you want to make plans, I'm down to do whatever because raw, I'm not impressed by it. SmackDown. All we're getting is Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns for the 8 millionth time in a row. Like, I don't know. It hasn't been anything there, but it seems like Vince McMahon is either just desperate for money and he'll, he's going to do whatever the heck Whatever the hell the Saudis want, and it seems like the Saudis are 20 years behind and still watching WCW footage. Um, they watch it, bud. <laughs> and, and the fact that they want Goldberg. like You know Vince McMahon came into here, and, and the Saudis are saying, give us Goldberg as champion, and he said yes. Like, what? Stupid. That's why I fucking hate this company. It used to be every Monday night, I'd be like, listen, even if it's not good, Monday night's raw, I gotta watch it. Mm-hmm. Nope. I don't even care anymore. I don't even care. I don't even want to watch it. I don't even want to know anything about it. And when I hear the spoilers and see it, I'm like, oh, really? That's it? Damn. That's stupid. And no, but I know we're going kind of long on WWE, and it's kind of, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here, I guess. But where does the fiend go from here? He was so over. As his unbeatable character, Seth Rollins couldn't beat him except by cheating. And even in that, they changed the outcome of that like three days later to it. So it was a no contest. Like Seth Rollins had to go and cheat and and they tied. And and Daniel Bryan couldn't beat him. The Miz can't beat him. But a part-timer who we haven't seen since Saudi Showdown, Blood Money Part 4, whatever it was last year, who almost decapitated the undertaker and killed himself. Oh, he can beat Bray Wyatt with a botched jackhammer. Two moves. He only did two moves. Yeah. Two moves. Like, I don't know. Where, where do you build the fiend up? And the same thing happened with Kevin Owens. When he beat Kevin Owens at fast lane in 2017, you killed all momentum for Kevin Owens, which led to the, basically, which led to Jericho leaving. I, th- I honestly believe that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back and Jericho's departure from WWE was that booking there. And Jericho's gone champion in your rival company. That, that seems, and we'll talk about it here. They have a card in revolution this week that I think is one of the best cards we've seen from a, a total package perspective in the past I'd say five or ten years. I agree. We're going to get to that in just a minute. I have to get over this. It's infuriating. You put this motherfucker up for like over a year, and then you do that to him. 
Bray, mm-hmm. Bray, I know you don't listen to this, but I do appreciate the 43% of the people that do listen to this in California and the people in Sweden and you, we're getting people all over the freaking place. And thank you for that. But anyways, Bray, leave. Just leave. Just leave. I don't care where you go. You don't have to go to AEW. Go to anywhere. Anywhere else will treat you so much better than what you're getting in this fucking company. Same to you, Rusev. Ruru and Bray Bray, leave, please. For the love of God, please leave. Because you're so much better off. So Scott Dawson. Scott Dawson. Dash Wilder. The revival, please. Yeah, you, you need to go to AEW. But everybody else, <laughs> have to. Just go somewhere else because I'm tired of seeing you get built up and then you get torn down. Bullshit. Right. <sighs> That's enough. He's going to need a minute to breathe. That's enough of that. I got to take a break. Diamond Donovan Douglas wouldn't be leaving. I'll bring Cody back in. Will not be as expletive as we were and as already as we were before. I got to do some plugs. And we're going to get into Dynamite. Get a quick recap review of that. Then we'll get to Revolution. I'll leave you with this. If yesterday is not the reason why you need to watch Impact, ROH, New Japan, AEW, anything else, then you are the problem. You are the problem. If you honestly believe that this was a business decision that is going to make money, I challenge you to come on any podcast, and I will challenge you mm-hmm. to a debate in person, over the radio, podcasting. I don't care. Because it's bullshit, and you're wrong. You're yes. wrong. Yep. Fuck WWE. We'll get to AEW Dynamite in just a minute. Okay. We're back. I'm beyond the curtain. This is Cody, your host. Diamond Donovan Douglas has left the room. And then we're on to bigger and better things. Hopefully we won't have to see Don, Don, Diamond Donovan Douglas ever again on the podcast, maybe. I hope not, but best believe something something upsetting happens. <laughs> I cannot get- guarantee that he will not be back. You're going to get the angry Italian on him. There's your next t-shirt design right there, the angry Italian. The angry Italian Diamond Donovan Douglas. Now, yep. he, needs, he, needs a, he needs a a uh, vowel to end in his last name. So like Diamond Donovan Dijakov, or no, not Dijakovic. Why would I say that? Diamond Donovan Delushi. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyways, on to AEW Dynamite. The show happened a couple days ago, as of this recording, Wednesday, February the 26th. It emanated from Kansas City, Missouri, right? Donald Trump, you got some help with us? Which, which, city? <laughs> which city? I need some help here. Uh, it's so good. Anyways, we're going to do a quick recap of this. The Go Home Show leading into Revolution that's happening tomorrow night, February the 29th. Live from Chi-Town, Chicago, Illinois, the Wintrust Arena. But let's get into the Dynamite. We start off the show with a 30-minute Iron Man match. The rubber match of the series between Pac and one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Kenny Omega. The first ever 30-minute Iron Man match. And this went longer than the 30 minutes. Why about 34, 30-ish minutes? 34, 35-ish? Our dear friend Kenny Omega gets the win and wins the Iron Man match 2-1, to one, also winning the series 2-1. to one. 
a very good match to start off, of course. These two know how to go. These two know how to deliver. This is real wrestling. Very good match. What did you think, sir? Thought when this match was introduced as the, the the kickoff to Dynamite, I knew they had a big show planned. I don't. This was the this this could have been the main event of Revolution tomorrow. This could have been the main event of WrestleMania in a couple months. If they wanted it to be, this was the best match I think, from a technical standpoint, that uh, AEW has seen on Dynamite. Um, Kenny Omega, uh, there's just everybody that's butthurt that people call him the greatest wrestler in the world. I, I I don't get it. He proved it honestly, in my opinion, that he's the greatest wrestler in the world with this match. Pac is is a wonderful talent. And he might be a little bit, um, he might have a, a little bit of an ego with himself outside of the ring and what he wants. But I think he's willing to work with AEW and he puts on great matches. He's, he's lost like twice, I think. I think the only two times that he's lost were to Kenny Omega, if I'm correct. Uh, if I if I can remember correctly, it's also a loss to Moxley on the Jericho cruise to be the number one contender for the world title. Right. So he's only lost to two uh, two people, and other than that, he's he's done well. And even in his losses, I still feel like he got over. And that's the thing that I like about AEW is even when somebody loses a match or a number one contendership competition like a battle royal or whatever a lot of the times the losers still get over if not even more over than the winner in some cases um and the the way this mat i don't know it just it could have gone all two hours and i would have been okay with it like it was such an, an entertaining match i couldn't take my face away from the tv like i loved watching that match Kenny Omega's new new ring attire was pretty sweet as well, um, and uh, I'm sure it would piss off some of the 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 people that have the belief that uh, all wrestlers are nowadays are are, are want to be cosplayers. But, yeah, hang on to that story. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Mark. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple D uh, was supposed to be out, anyways. <laughs> but no, no, it was a fantastic match. Honestly, thought this was going to be the main event of the show, but seeing how the show progressed, I understand why it opened the show. Um, if you take a look at it from a hindsight as twenty twenty point of view, but hey, great match re- regardless, and uh, can't wait. I can't wait to see where I, I have. St- I have just a, a feeling that this feud isn't over, and I kind of want to see where it goes. After the match, we get Pac interviewed by our dear friend, Tony Schiavone. But then Orange Cassidy comes out. And then Pac just beats the hell out of Orange Cassidy. And um, we're left wondering, okay, well, uh, well, that happened. All right. We get to the next match. Got a six-man tag here. Jurassic Express, the fun tag team of Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and yes, Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt. Against Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz of the Inner Circle. The Jurassic Express. 
get a victory here. Jungle Boy pins Santana, I believe. And the Jurassic Express defeat Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz in a six-man match. Pretty good match. Pretty good trios matter six man tag match here. Um, Darby kind of comes in, of course, there and uh, you know makes his his efforts known that this Saturday night he's coming after Sammy Guevara and Sammy be ready better be ready to to be ready for an onslaught because uh, Guevara is coming for him. But uh, overall, thought it was a very good segment, very good match, and uh, I love Darby Allen. Well, who doesn't like Darby Allen? He's he's over, and regardless of what people think, the dude is over. The crowd will, and I said this on my the, my last episode of my podcast, something around this lines is AEW knows its base. They know who they're marketing to. They don't have to market to the world yet. They don't have to globalize like WWE is trying to do. They're trying to globalize and make sure that everybody around the world can watch WWE, which they end up not anyway, but AEW knows their base. And like any startup company, you have to know your base and you have to hit your base. And the base of AEW loves Darby Allen. So who wouldn't love Darby Allen? He's a, uh, he's risking it all for something that he loves. I love everything that he does, but this match and, and, uh, the Jurassic express and, uh, Guevara and Pride and Powerful. Who, I mean, if you remember correctly, when Jurassic Express kind of became a tag team, and everybody kind of thought like they wouldn't mesh, they wouldn't have chemistry. The moves that they were doing, Marco's stunt looked fantastic. Even being a small dude, Luchasaurus. I don't know how he makes some of those kicks that he does, being as big as he is. And then of course Jungle Boy. Is just fantastic in the ring. And they all work together. And the way that they're able to use each other to do moves that seemed otherwise impossible to do for people of their respective size, um, it was great. But uh, it's interesting to note, um, both take-home shows for pay-per-views, we've seen a incident between Pac and... I'm going back a little bit. Pac and Orange Cassidy at the Charlotte show. Orange Cassidy interrupted Pac in his match against, I think it was Trent. And uh, uh, Pac ended up winning and beating the hell out of Orange Cassidy anyway. But both take-home shows have seen some sort of incident there between those two people. Correct. Uh, That's an interesting lead-in. Glad you brought that up. That's very interesting. Um Interested to see what's going to happen there. Um, speaking of that, we'll get to that here in just a second. Best friends. Next contest. Defeat the Butcher and the Blade. Um, I picked the Butcher and the Blade as be the breakout tag team for this year for AW. I'm starting to regret that decision at the moment. But oh, yeah. best friends. A little bit of a winning streak here. So they should be in line for a tag team title shot here soon. Uh, after the match, it's announced that at Revolution... We get Orange Cassidy competing in his first ever AEW match against Pac. Mm. This is gonna be intriguing. Listen, listen to me, guys. Listen. I know, I know he's a comedy act. I know, you know, that that he's different. And I think he's a good kind of different. He's not the Joey Ryan kind of different. And I know you like Joey Ryan, right? 
I can stand Joey Ryan. He's not like my all-time favorite, but I can stand him. But he's a good kind of different. And it's interesting that he's not had his first match. In- and I think that it's going to be it's going to be something people aren't expecting. I don't not saying he's going to win. I think it would actually be kind of funny if he did. But you're going to be you're going to be you're going to be surprised. That's what I'm going to go with. Well, Orange Cassidy, if people people just take a second and just take a look at his current gimmick and watch some of the stuff that he's done before he became Orange Cassidy and even some of the stuff he's done as Orange Cassidy, he can fight. He's good in the ring. Like he has moves. That's not his thing. He's not going to be in and every mat and every show. He's going to have a match. That's not what AEW wants from. But he can go and he can probably he's he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think with what he's going to be able to do against um, Pac. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I don't know. It's 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 intriguing, and I think everybody's shitting on the match because Orange Cassidy's in it. But I, I I feel like I don't know who's gonna win and I don't like making predictions on AEW matches because they're they're actually a company that a lot of their matches are and the finishes are unpredictable half the time. Um and uh yeah I don't know but I think this this isn't gonna be match of the night. Don't come in with that expectation but it might be a show stealer and so much as it's going to overachieve as so much over what people think it's going to. I agree. should be interesting. Next match we get is a fatal four way. Hikaru Shida defeated Big Swole, Shanna and Yuma Sakazaki. Um, interesting match. Interesting that they did not show Chris Statlander or Nyla Rose on the show for the go home. They didn't even show Cody and MJF, which is interesting to me because mm-hmm. I remember in at, at, at full gear, we didn't get everybody on the card building up for every single one of their matches. And I remember specifically somebody uh, in the group that uh, criticized that all the main EVPs and all the main guys were pushing their fuse, but not everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the EVPs wasn't even on the show this week. Yeah. And didn't really push that feud, which that feud is already in itself going to be great, and it's going to be a great match. Nyla, I wish we would have seen Nyla and or Chris Statlander. It is what it is. I'll, I'll be okay with it. Right. Um, Sheeta definitely should be solid behind Statlander as number one contender. Big Swole impressed me in this match. I'm starting to kind of get behind her. I like mm-hmm. Shanna. I think we need to see more of her to, to, to really be introduced more to her. Yuma Sakazaki is not my flavor. I'm not saying I hate her, but she's not my flavor. Um, it was a decent match. It was actually pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't say great. Fatal Four Ways can be a bit of a cluster, but yeah. it was okay. She'd have got the win in the end. Um, and I think that's actually kind of a good idea because yeah. you're not solely focused on every single match on the card. You're also focused right. on the fact that, hey, guys, listen, yeah, they're on the card for this Saturday. But none of these other girls, none of these other guys are. So we need to showcase them to remind people, hey, there's still people behind them. Who's going to be next in line for a world title shot? Who's going to be next in line for a tag team title shot? Who's going to be next in line for a women's title shot? So it's actually a good idea that they push kind of the main world title ones and also get the other ones built up a little bit more. And then I don't really think you need to build up MJF and and Cody any more than you possibly can. Satlander and Nyla, you could. But like I said, it's also good that they didn't um, solely focus on every single 
feud on the show and also gave other people the chances for the follow-up that will eventually happen next week with the follow or the fallout of revolution um i think and i i don't know if if uh statlander was planned to be on the show or not i i don't know but she did have to cancel one of her shows the night before because she has she had the flu so i don't know if she was still recovering from that and that's why they didn't show her on the on the card, but I did know Statlander did have to cancel because of the flu. So makes sense. Hope she feels better. Wanted to be at least, you know, as in best physical and and yeah. and uh, you know, all around as well being as possible. I think that's gonna be an underrated match Saturday night. I hope it mm-hmm. does well because um, I'm a big fan of Statlander. Uh, a lot of yeah. us are. And uh, I hope right. well, we'll get into the predictions and whatnot. But <laughs> anyways, yeah, but on this on this fatal four way four four way match, I think the right woman won. I think Sheeta was the person you needed to win this match. I think she 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 needed it more at this point than any of the other ladies. Um, Big Swole, I'm I'm kind of like you. I'm just trying to. She doesn't annoy me, but I don't know. I'm just not a hundred percent behind her character yet um but she's she's winning me over so it's taken some time but she's winning me over shanna i love her i think she can be a star it's just not the right time for her yet i think i think this is the time for for the division to be built around a couple specific people and shanna's not one of them yet i'll get into that later um when we talk about our thoughts on the pay-per-view but I think Sheeta, she has the opportunity to to really be a star in AEW um, and help make this women's division stand out. Um, so I think she did deserve this win. I think the right person won. And um, I agree with you on the fact that you didn't really need to build Nyla versus Statlander. Like There wasn't any build-up to it anyway. It was kind of one of those things where and I feel like they'll do it at every pay-per-view, which who's ever the number one contender is going to get a title shot regardless if the feud is built up. And that's where Statlander was. So she gets her title shot. So there wasn't any buildup behind it. So there's no need to try to like force feed a story that doesn't make sense to us in one in like three days and get people behind it. Some WWE does is they, they like to give some st- stupid story that makes no sense. And then they have to, to backtrack after after that it ends up being a cluster of anything anyway so what a great chance to build up your your women's division and and showcase some people that maybe wouldn't otherwise get an opportunity and uh yuka sakazaki not of her biggest fan but she's kind of funny she's kind of entertaining but i don't know i feel like she's the orange uh, equivalent of orange cassidy for 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 the women's division i can see that i can see that um leading on to the next couple segments here we got a pre-taped interview with jr sitting down with the young bucks and the tag champs omega and the hangman page uh building up more of their feud or therefore of uh the leading into saturday night at revolution um it's going to be interesting what does happen. That interview got really personal really quickly. 
uh, especially the line that I think Nick said that you were a jobber in ROH before we grabbed you and put you on being the elite. And uh, line of the night, I believe. That was something I was not expecting. But boy, did it make it personal more than ever. And I think that Saturday night, we're going to see something uh, go down, of course. Um, whether it's Omega and the elite with the Bucks turning on Heyman and the Bucks got to win the tag team titles. Or Heyman just says F y'all and I'm on my own. I don't know. It's going to be interesting either way. And uh, this kind of built that up to that. Um, and before you get into your side of that real quick. And then after that, they announced that uh, Lance Archer is an AEW signee. So welcome to Lance Archer to All Elite Wrestling. We'll make his debut next week on the fallout of, uh, of uh, Revolution on Dynamite. So that's going to be interesting. Kind of wish they did announce this. I wish it would have been a surprise. But, hey, maybe all the rumblings of him already being coming there and being the Exalted One and stuff like that now kind of throws his name out of that as the Exalted One. So kind of makes it more of a mystique as to who it is. So uh, Mm kind of understand why they didn't. But at the same time, wish they could have looked as a surprise. But uh, either way. Right. That interview. Oh, my goodness. Like I said, big Kenny Omega fan. Also a big Young Bucks fan. This this match, honestly, is going to tear me apart regardless of who wins and who loses. It, it it's it's a uh, emotional roller coaster for for fans of both people. Um, and it's kind of like I don't know who wins this, and you kind of have this rumbling that Hangman's either going to leave or get beat up and kicked out and something, but who knows? Maybe they'll swerve us all. This it's intrigue and it's a story that the, just the the subtle hints along the way. They haven't gone out and exclaimed it from the rooftop what's gonna happen. Just subtlety after subtlety after subtlety and then ad placement where hangman is and ads and all of this stuff that they've done to kind of build the feud slowly to make it mean more at, at this pay-per-view and just it, it's been executed i think to perfection and uh i know m- myself for one tomorrow it, it's uh regardless of who wins i'm a, i don't know it's it's gonna hurt because i like the elite as what it is and the fact that some they have to fight each other oh it's gonna it's gonna rip at the heartstrings of a lot of AEW fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Either way, it's going to be uh, interesting. Um, I think it's going to be a great match. And I just hope that uh, whatever the fallout will be, it's going to be good. Uh, we get to the final segment of the night, the weigh-in. A lot of people criticize this. I understand it's not UFC, but they're trying to make it a sport feel. The poster in the corner that they had, I thought was awesome and phenomenal. If they made a mock of that, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Um They've already said it's a sports feel. They don't call it a wrestling company. They call it a league. Right. You kind of have to get behind it, guys. If you if you don't understand it, you're not going to understand it. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of saying this is a sporting type thing. That's why records are there. That's why the weigh-ins are here. That's why they do all this stuff. Right. Um, it was interesting. It was okay. You know, it is what it was. Gary Michael Capetta coming out. That was awesome. Haven't haven't seen any, you know him in in years. Uh, ever since he last, you know, did his, uh, the announcing that I remember from from WCW in the mid '90s, so that was cool to see him. Um, it was interesting. Of course, we kind of had a 
feeling it was going to end at some kind of physical altercation. And of course it did. Uh, Dustin Rose and Darby came in the inner circle was there, of course. Um, uh, Dustin and Hager went outside and into the concourse and beat up a Dippin' Dots stand. Got a spot of the night for there. <laughs> that was um, JR's best call, I think, of <laughs> AEW, was not the damn Dippin' Dots. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> um, you know, Darby Sammy had their own thing, and, uh, um, and Moxley was beating up everybody as he could. And then Jericho, he actually headbutted Jericho, and Jericho got busted open. That was interesting. Um and then, uh, uh, evidently, eventually, the inner circle got the uh, one up. Jericho hit Moxley with the Judas effect, and then a DDT. I believe it was like a mock of the paradigm shift on the weight scale on the glass. So uh, it's in full effect, man. Uh, good way to end the show. Good way to set up the the pay per view for Saturday. And uh, yeah, Saturday is just going to be an awesome pay per view overall. Um, quick final thoughts here before we transition into the revolution preview and prediction. Yeah. So this, this final segment, um, and I forgot to add, um, real quick, the Lance Archer thing. I think he's not the exalted one now. And I, I think you can shut that up. They're going to make the exalted one a kind of like a surprise. I have my, I have two people that I think it's going to be, but that's, this is the, the, the time for that. Um, that the whole few the whole thing with Moxley and Jericho again a way for AEW with a limited amount of time to build multiple stories in one segment they've built this whole Jericho Moxley match with this whole weigh in and then the interference from Dustin you build that feud with him and Hager and then Darby coming out again and him and Sammy now now everybody remembers oh these these two people are fighting and these two people are fighting and and it, it's a great setup there in my opinion um the one thing i was confused about is the um, the, the the two i guess mocking ufc girls that were just standing there in their balls and shorts uh i didn't get why that had to be there that was i was i I think Jr. mentioned something on the the fight TV stream. You remember they they go commercial free, so he, they still have to talk while we're under commercial break and we don't hear their commentary. I saw something on Twitter of them showing the fight stream. I didn't watch it because I was I was getting back from lunch and I couldn't watch it at work, so I have to go back and listen to what Jr. said. But I think he mentioned something about them. I, that was the only confusion was why did they have to come out? What was going on there? And I didn't get to hear the whole string, so I don't know why they were out there. So that was the only confusing part of that. But otherwise, good segment, good way to build. And unlike another company, I don't want to say their name anymore, they actually left a show telling multiple stories in the final segment and got people really interested, I think, in, in not only the Jericho Moxley match, but also the Hager-Dustin match and the Sammy versus... Um, Darby match. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, good build up, good way to, for the go home show to, to take place, and uh, good way to, to go out on a high note. So, oh, uh, oh, oh and one last thing, um, Chris Jericho, who the fuck is Aaron Mahomes? Hey, we all know that he likes to mispronounce people's names, so I think there was a reason why I did that. Or if he doesn't watch football, 
he needs to proclaim it. But either way, that was funny. Uh, people still booed him, even if, even if they didn't catch the Aaron thing, they still booed him. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. interesting. But a uh, good way to end the show. Good way to end the go home edition of Dynamite. And when we come back, we're going to discuss the preview prediction of AEW Revolution. When we come back, right here on Beyond the Curtain podcast. Hey, 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 it's your boy Cody K-Dog, host of Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. Tune in each and every week on all your favorite listening devices that you listen to podcasts to as I dissect, discuss, review, and recap all Elite Wrestling Dynamite on TNT. And I also give my hot takes on all the big topics that are going on in the wrestling industry while giving a little bit of a calm and more advanced approach to all things wrestling. Stay tuned to the Outlaw Wrestling Network as you listen to all of our podcasts, including Unhinged Wrestling Podcasts, as well as Taking the Bump. But if you want to listen to the real stories and the real ways of listening and watching and actually dissecting wrestling, then listen to Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. Right, ladies and gents, welcome back to Beyond the Curtain. We are now officially at about 24 hours or so as of this recording away from AEW Revolution. Got through talking about the recap from AEW Dynamite for the go-home show for Revolution. And this is where we're going to break down the match card, give our predictions, what we think is going to happen, and uh, go from there. Um think this is going to be a great card. I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. I know for sure it's going to definitely take away the sour taste in my mouth after that crap from uh, the other company. But, um, you know, now that AEW has got a few pay-per-views under their belts, they're going to be looking to kind of match up as to, okay, how did we do versus all out how do we do versus full gear this is the second pay-per-view in company history that um featured um you know a go-home show leading up to pay-per-view so um kind of a very measure to look at as far as where the company will go from here so with the official match card we've got one pre-show match lined up it's going to be socal uncensored scu Frankie Kassarian, Scorpio Sky, with Christopher Daniels going against the Dark Order of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Of course, they will be with Alex Reynolds and John Silver, two of their followers. Um, it's crazy that they've had a storyline for this for a couple months, and they're on a pre-show. That goes to show you how um, how good the storytelling is, but also how good the, the competition is as well. Will the Exalted one appear? I don't know. I think we will see a big clue as to who it may be. Mm-hmm. It is on the pre-show, so I don't want to say that we will see it because it, 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 I think it would be like they would want to save that for the pay-per-view or save that for Dynamite. But uh, um, I do think that we get a big clue as to who may it be, or they may say the Exalted One will be appearing Wednesday or something like that. Either way, I do believe that SCU does get the win here. Yeah, I think so as well. I think SCU wins. Daniels keeps his uh, spot at SCU. <laughs> and uh, keep this short. 
no, I don't think we see the exalted one today. But if it did, now this is something that I kind of thought of just a few minutes ago um, while we were going through the whatever. But what if? And now, obviously, if 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 you watch WWE backstage, that awful show on Fox Sports One every Tuesday, um, we haven't seen CM Punk in a while. So does he still work for that? What if he's the exalted one? They're in Chicago. Don't be spewing those rumors, boy. I'm, that, that's just something I was like, oh, what if they did that? But I don't know. No, it's probably not him. I'm just saying they're in Chicago. CM Punk can make a, his return at any point. Oh, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think SCU wins this match. I think that's what the story is building up to. And I don't think Christopher Daniels turns on his, his boys yet. Agreed. Uh, we get to the main card here. None of this is technically in order, except for we 99.9% know for sure that the world title match center is no non-sanctioned match, that the world title match will go on last. Uh, so this is kind of just strictly going off of what I'm reading off of uh, just a website using the match card. Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, I think Orange Cassidy surprises people with the moveset. I think people would be like, okay, why couldn't he do that before? But, hey, he's not just a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. Um think he gets a couple of your falls, but I do think ultimately Pac does come out on top in this one. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think Orange Cassidy, it won't be a squash. It won't be Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet, um, but it'll be a, uh, I think this match goes probably like seven to 10 minutes um, and Orange Cassidy will get some offensive shots in. Um, and then at the end, I think Pac is just too strong and he'll overtake Orange Cassidy and he'll get the W. Absolutely. Get to the Women's Championship, the AEW Women's World Championship match between Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. I love Chris Statlander. My my mind goes with Chris, but my mm-hmm. gut says Nyla. I think with her just winning the title a couple weeks ago, they're not just going to automatically give it to Statlander, I believe. But I do think she will be a women's champion, hopefully by the end of this year. Um, But I do give this to Nyla keeping the title. And this is where we actually disagree. I think they do give the title to Chris Statlander. Uh, I think she wins. I think Nyla was – I I think the entire purpose of this is – I think – I honestly believe Chris Statlander was supposed to beat Riho – when she was supposed to get her original one-on-one title match. That didn't happen because of other obligations Statlander had. So I think they put the title on Nyla Rose because I think her uh, Statlander beating Nyla Rose gets Statlander over more than Nyla or, or than her beating Riho. And then uh, you set up your next feud automatically. You have the best heel in AEW outside of MJF with Britt Baker entering her way into the feud with Chris Statlander while Nyla Rose can continue to build up the mid card. I think that's how you can build that division. I talk about it more in depth on my podcast. If you want to listen to it, it's a good way of looking at it for sure. Um, yeah, I just, for whatever reason, my mind says, my gut says Nyla, but Hey, like I said, no, Chris wins, I would be, great. I'll be okay so, with that for sure. I wouldn't be shocked if Nyla kept the title, but I think, I think, it was just a way to get Statlander over, over. Um, and it's not like transitional champion as in what Goldberg is going to be, but because Nyla Rose can actually carry that title and is a legitimate champion. But 
I think she's transitional at this point in so much as Statlander was probably, in my opinion, supposed to have the belt anyway, but she couldn't because of other stuff and failure to realize that she had another obligation on a Wednesday night. And now they're just backtracking back to what they originally planned. Absolutely. Next match we're going to go over Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. We get the first of the inner circle matches going here. Um, Great few that's led up to this. Darby's out for revenge, out for blood, out for just to destroy Sammy Guevara after what they did with him uh, getting his uh, trachea and his throat destroyed with that skateboard a few uh, about a month or a month or so ago. Um, Darby's ready for for revenge, and I think he verbally kicks Sammy's ass, and Darby wins over Sammy Guevara. This match, I'm torn. Um, I I don't know who to pick to win because I I can see it going both ways. My mind is telling me Sammy Guevara would win, so that's where I'm I'm going with my official pick. Sammy gets a W. I think I do think though that um, the 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 determination between the two singles matches leading up with Hager and Rhodes and Darby and Sammy, however those outcomes go, I think kind of determines the main event. Um, but who knows? We'll get to that later. But yeah, I th- my mind's telling me Sammy wins. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I, but yeah, Sammy Guevara. Interesting. We get yeah. to. Oh, go ahead. Even though I'm Sammy Guevara, I hate him. He's a jerk. He looks like Justin Bieber, and I don't like him. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a fair point. We get to our next singles match. Jake Hager makes his AEW in-ring debut, facing off against the natural Dustin Rhodes. I think this is going to be an ass-kicking brawl. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait to see how Jake does in the ring. Um Dustin, of course, never uh, never seems to amaze, or he always amazes me. Basically, um, never stops because of how just uh, revitalized his career is. Right. Um, I think, like I said, it's gonna be a brawl. It's gonna be an ass kicking contest. But in the end, I do see Jake Hager getting his win and his debut against Dustin Rhodes. Again, I w- these matches, right? Here, this is another match that I, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's, it could go both ways. I'm I'm leading towards Hager as well, um, and only because I feel like in some way, shape, or form, the inner circle is going to interfere, and and either both of the the first single matches, the non-title inner circle matches, or this one in particular, Dustin versus Jake, uh, it is going to be a brawl. If if you like old school 1980s Jim Crockett beat the fuck out of you wrestling. This is going to be that, that style of match for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be good though. I can't wait for it. Yep. We get to our second title match. The tag team championships are on the line for AEW between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam page versus Matt and Nick Jackson, the young bucks. Uh, I, I don't honestly know what's going to happen. Uh, to me, the big the, the two things I have in my mind is either the elite's going to kind of swerve us and the trio of Matt and Nick and Kenny turn on Heyman, or Heyman just says "f all of you" and, and turns on himself, or maybe hell, even Kenny says, "Guys, I, I love you, Bucks, but you know, I'm I'm partners with Adam and I need to be with 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 Paige here." Um, I I really just cannot 
fathom my head as to what will happen. I don't have a great prediction on what will happen. I, I just believe there will be a swerve or a turn no matter what. But I will say that the Young Bucks are actually going to win the Tag Team Championships from Hangman and Omega in some way, shape, or fashion. Now, I actually kind of have an idea of what I would do if I booked this. Um, and, and I'll kind of briefly explain it. I think I think Hangman and Omega retain. I think they keep the belts. And, but here, here's how I see it going. Um, Hangman's going to win. He's going to do it by himself. Kenny's going to want to tag. Hangman won't tag him. Hangman's going to prove to himself. You see, you you saw in that interview on Wednesday, the Young Bucks were saying that he he was a, a jobber. He couldn't do it. That the Young Bucks built him to the star that he is today. So he's going to prove to the Young Bucks that he can beat him, and he will. He will. But after the match, I think Kenny turns on Hangman. Now, now that you think, well, they have the title, so what's going on? And Kenny refuses to tag with Hangman. That leads to, well, you're going to have to have a title match. You're going to have to have a new. You're going to have to retain. And Adam Hangman Page and, and Kenny are the champions. Well, then it's going to be a two-on-one handicap match somewhere down the line to determine your next champion. But I think Omega and the Young Bucks form their trios team, the Elite. And I think this is where you introduce your next belt. The rumors were the next belt that AEW releases as the trios title. We see a bunch of trio teams like the Jurassic Express, um, TH2, and Kip Sabian kind of been a trio team sometimes. I think you see a trios belt being formed here with Omega and the Young Bucks kind of leading that division in a whole of itself. You have a lot of tag teams, like two men tag teams. So I think you open up the trios and you have, and then this also pushes Hangman. He's already over, and I think he's next in line for the the world title. I've seen those points as well. I've seen the rumors as well. That kind of would make sense too. The trio's title. I wish they would put a secondary title. I don't want to call it a mid card because Cody hates that. Right. Um, I would like to see a secondary title because you got a lot of singles wrestlers on the roster too. But either way, um, I think we're due for a new, some new championships. So mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to see either way what happens there. Next match, we get to MJF with Wardlow versus Cody with Arn Anderson. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about a personal a rivalry that feels personal? This is it. This is your this is your Matt Hardy edge type of thing. Even though I don't want to say it's that you know realistic right. of that, but just in depth, the Randy Orton edge. We'll put it that way. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just it's, it's just a, a few that. Uh, I don't think this will be their only match. I think they'll have a series of matches, whether it's a steel cage they put into it, whether it's a last man standing, whether it's an I quit. Right. I feel like they're going to have a trio of matches here that lead to all out. Um, mm-hmm. But boy, I, I cannot wait for this match. I can't. I, I the, the, there are a few that you want that that bring out the eighties and and back into wrestling. This is it, right. where you just want to see somebody get their ass kicked. And I yeah. want to see MJF get his ass kicked. Um, uh, I think that in the end, MJF wins. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to see him get his ass kicked, somewhere somehow they're going to get an advantage and. Uh, whether I, I don't know, I want to say I don't want to say Arn's going to turn on him. I really would hate to see that. Um, but it will kind of bring the everyone's always against me because of whatever reason. It kind of builds that storyline up to it. 
Um, but somehow, some way, somebody's either going to interfere or turn on Cody, hit him with either a chair, hit him with something foreign object material-wise, and MJF gets the win. I can see that. To your kind of list comparisons, I have a kind of a, a comparison of this feud of, and not a lot of people have watched this feud, but Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard. If you if you saw any of that feud, it resembles it in a way. I think it's a better produced version of Tessa versus Sammy, but it it it, it reminds me a lot of like that feud. Um, I, this is probably the hardest match for me to choose. I, uh, to who's going to win? Um, I'm going Cody. I think I think this is the way Cody beats MJF. Um, it, it's just Cody's. I think this is one of those stories where Cody has given everything for for this match, and this is he's he's he lost everything. He's not able to fight for the belt anymore because of MJF, and he can't lose MJF. And I don't think he will. I think I do believe this will be a a trio or a, a series of matches um, at other pay per views. Um, but I think Cody gets the upper hand in this one, um, which I don't know. He's just it's just the storyline is perfect for for Cody to get the initial victory, and then for the 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 games to play or MJF claims that he wasn't 100% or something, and then they continue the feud. And I, I think that's where the story will lead. I just have a feeling Cody's going to end up with the W on this occasion tomorrow night. Interesting way of thinking there, and I don't uh, I don't think it's a bad way of thinking that either. Um, I can see it go either way. Um, I guess it was just trying to be a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get to our main events. The AEW World Championship match, John Moxley versus Chris Jericho. Um, a highly built up storyline, a highly built up contest. The lunatic fringe is is un, is unleashed and Jericho has to fend for himself. And uh this is gonna be an interesting match for sure. I can see Jericho retaining for a while. Mm-hmm. I can also see Moxley one-upping Jericho in some fashion, yeah. some way, whether it's a debut person, whether it's just John one-upping somehow. Um, and I'm actually going to go with Moxley winning and becoming the new world champion after Saturday night. I'm going Jericho. Um, just because... I, I, this is another feud I think that they've built perfectly right now that I think continues into double or nothing. Um, but, which I believe is the next pay-per-view in May. Um, it's uh, it's a hard one to choose. All of these matches are hard to choose. Like I said, usually when we do our, when we did WWE podcasts or whatnot before, we we easily could have predicted which way was going. What these matches, they're all harder harder to choose than others. And I just feel like it's going to be Jericho. And I I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be Jericho. Yeah, a bunch of different things we're looking at, man. Uh, I like the the difference in the opinions here and the differences we've got as far as results. Um, either way, AEW Revolution is going to kick ass. I think we all are, are going to in agreement on that. 
And uh, yeah, I think that uh, Saturday night is going to be an awesome show. Regardless, I love the one-on-ones, a lot of one-on-one matches, just like a sport feel, like a boxing or an MMA feel. You've got a lot of one-on-ones right. and stuff like that. So um, like it should be. And I think it's going to be an interesting show. And I can't wait to see it Saturday, which is tomorrow night. as of this recording. Yep. Saturday night, February 29th, live from Chicago, Illinois, Wintrust Arena. Place is sold out, of course. You can catch it on BR Live in the States, Fight TV overseas, on pay-per-view, I'm sure, for your local pay-per-view providers as well. Um, you can listen to James's podcast, Tank and the Bump, on every single platform of podcasting, just as much as you can listen to mine, Beyond the Curtain, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. You've got Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Anchor as well, Spotify, all these other different ones. I thank you all for joining us on this episode as we lead into revolution and we will get the fallout of revolution uh, in the coming days as well. So be on the lookout for that as well as the new AEW review for dynamite. Um, any last words, maybe before we sign off for the day, uh, last thing I got to say is to the people that complain about having to pay for this pay-per-view, you're probably WWE marks. You spent just as much as 50 bucks watching that shitty programming. Go ahead, spend the money. You don't have you don't have to buy it every every month. It's every like four months. Spend the money. It's a good investment. You're gonna get solid product. It's gonna be the best pay per view I think of of the year so far, and it's gonna lead AEW in the future of 2020 to eventually I think the overtake of the wrestling world. It's a big prediction. I do agree with you on that. I just cannot wait for a revolution. I know you guys can as well. You're going to catch our fallout with that in, in the coming days as well. So stay tuned to our social media platforms. You can follow me on Facebook at Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Beyond the Curtain. There is no O in Beyond. So it's B-E-Y-N-D, The Curtain, on Twitter, as well as you can listen to us as well here. Uh, James, you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, What's it at T the B podcast? Yes, sir. Twitter and then taking the bump on Facebook as well. Guys, we're in some great times. Revolution is tomorrow night. Can't wait for it. I hope you guys will join uh, not only us and watching it, but listen to us on the fallout as well. Once again, 20% off merchandise on prowrestlingtees.com using the code madness for all your pro wrestling needs, as well as our shirts. You can follow um, on there as well. We'll have links in our social medias for that as well. But for James Beatley, from myself, Cody, We appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this. You guys have a happy rest of your day, evening, night, and we hope that we uh, have great outcomes for Revolution. We can't wait to share with all of you soon. So take care, guys.